Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And I am here right next to Eva. And how are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good. Um, so the year is winding down. It is winding down, and it's winding down faster than I had ever anticipated. You know, well, I remember, you know, my parents always saying that time went faster as they got older. I, I think that might be true. Well, just for the record, right, it's not. Okay, the time is the same as it always was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that clarification. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hopefully everybody is gearing up for a year-end celebration. Indeed. And uh, we do have a really cool guest um, that will be joining us shortly. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But I, you know what? I think um, I think it's appropriate for today because um, this is a way that we can become some, you know, less angry and more emotionally fulfilled. Ooh, that's very nicely done. You are learning something from our our guests. I am. I am because. <laughs> and I also wanted to remind everyone that we are available on iTunes and you can also listen to us on talkzone.com. So we are everywhere. You can listen to us 24 seven if you'd like. So, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's when you're kind of bored, you can listen to us and you can also download the free talkzone app onto your phone and then you can just take us everywhere. Right. Free information for your benefit. It, Absolutely. Um, but no, uh, it really is sometimes uh, stressful, right? Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough and we need to be as emotionally fulfilled as possible. It's a very nice segue. And, you know, you can see on the news and and the road rage and, you know, even I don't want to say church because that would be not wrong but you just said it but <laughs> it just seems like you kind of just slipped that right in <laughs> uh pass the basket you bastard no, just, <laughs> it just seems like it's easier to be angry to be angry yes I agree. right um and you know i always say well you can either be angry like outside you know where you're just like yelling you know sort of an extroverted anger or you can have that kind of brooding introverted anger too right and that's maybe even more dangerous yeah yeah right but you know like we talk a lot about workplace improvements and i always say things like you know there's no need for this Mm -hmm. right and then someone might say it's well yeah your head's in the clouds and you're being idealistic the same can be said for our relationships right Mm -hmm. technically um you know, there's no need for toxicity if we can just figure a way to communicate. Well, there would be no need for toxicity if you just agreed with what I was saying. <laughs> Which, you know what? I thought I always did. You do up to a point. Uh, of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding kidding. like a real, um, I'm sounding like someone 
not of authority on the subject. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> However, we do have a really, really, really cool guest. Um, Fortunately, we do have an authority on the we line. We do. And, um, you know, we're going to learn a lot today. And it's going to make everything a little better, I, uh, I'm hoping, right? Mm-hmm. So I would love to um, introduce our very special guest. Um, uh, we'll let... We'll let our guest describe what he does, but it has to do with relationship co- coaching, which is a kind of a little bit of a unique term. But anyway, I would love to introduce our very special guest, Dr. Tim McCarthy. Dr. Tim. Hey, how are you, Eva and Charlie? <laughs> Hi, Dr. Tim. Good we're to have good. you on. As you can tell, we're a little confused because, you know, this is not our sweet spot of discussion topics, but it does impact our lives. So we're also excited even as um, as clients, <laughs> right, to hear about what you do. So maybe first explain it and maybe share your website so our guests can uh, follow along. Sure, ab- absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that you talked about emotional fulfillment and anger and um, – you know, relationships, all of those things are tied together. So the work that I do as a psychologist and also I'm, I'm a psychologist that does work for companies and organizations doing executive coaching, leadership training, and even sales coaching. And at the same time, and this is kind of an unusual combination, I'm also a psychologist with a therapy practice where I specialize in helping couples and doing, uh, working and doing marriage therapy. And the concept of relationship co-coaching, um, I more recently developed over the last six years as a new way of looking at marriage and a new way of looking at romantic relationships. And it has to do with promoting a more, a deeper and more authentic communication between uh, partners in a relationship that rests upon being very respectful. And it also has a lot to do with being careful with, mod, you know, with regulating anger so that anger doesn't become a destructive element in a relationship. Hmm. So the book that I've written recently is called Relationship Co-Coaching, A New Approach to Deeper Love, Less Conflict. Hmm. And um, my website, uh, where you can get more information about myself and or the book, the book is available online at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It's uh, not in bookstores uh, yet, but it is available paperback or um, in uh, Kindle. But um, my website is drtimmccarthy.com. Excellent. Now, the, now the, the interesting thing is about <clears throat> excuse me, the way that relationship co-coaching actually got started was really in my work with companies <clears throat> doing uh, leadership team co-coaching, I called it. And that's where I worked with leaders and helping helping them and coaching them one-to-one, but expanding that to working with their teams and then expanding to where the whole team would work with one another and giving each other open, honest, authentic feedback regarding their strengths and their areas of development. So that's actually where it first started. Started. You know, it's interesting, and that's really cool, right, Dr. Tim uh, McCarthy. dot com, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, okay. So I want to take a second, and I have a a mic drop moment, okay? Because 
Dr. Tim, Eva and I have been doing this for uh, five years now, and we always say the same thing, right? The name of the show is Corporate Talk, and we oftentimes have guests like you, guests about health and things outside of, you know, corporate per se, but we always say it's all connected. And to your exact model, you're just proving that point that it's all connected, right? So your your coaching model outside the corporate world is very much related to the coaching model inside the corporate world, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it's very unusual that you would find. First of all, it's unusual to find somebody who's a marriage therapist who also is an executive um, coach and business coach. Yeah, no, I get it. And, you know, like we, we would use examples. We would say, how, you know, people would ask, well, how is that connected to corporate talk with Charlie and Eva? And I'd say, okay, well, here's how. Hmm, okay, where's Joe today? Oh, don't say it. Joe's out. Joe's having some issues at home. Let's just move on without him. And then I, that's my example. And that's how it's related, right? Right. Or Joe comes in and he's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's quite an undertaking what you're doing and um, there definitely is a need there and we're grateful for people like you that are trying to make things better, right? Well, and I'm assuming that the marriage therapist came first before the executive coach or am I wrong? Was it the opposite? No, you're, you're right. Uh, you know, as a psychologist, I was trained as, uh, as a clinical psychologist doing therapy both individually and with couples and had a strong interest in marriage and family. And, but it, it actually w- was within a relatively short period of time. I would say within about six years after I be, I was, um, you know, uh, got my uh, PhD and be- began uh, working my first uh, job as a therapist that I began to work with executives. And found them really interesting, and um, so began that blend of doing both practices for many years, and, and until this point in time. Interesting. And, you know, I, I would say um, I wouldn't necessarily say interesting, but they definitely have relationships too, right? Which I think is is the perfect connection. <laughs> well, and when you started coaching, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started coaching, there probably wasn't a lot of executive coaches yet, was there? There wasn't. In fact, really, yeah. uh, interestingly enough, I mean, uh, this was uh, so many years ago that they actually called it, uh, initially they called it executive counseling. And then mm-hmm. um, after about three or four, uh, in fact, the only people doing executive uh, coaching and counseling back then were psychologists. But then, you know, that grew. They began to name it executive coaching to differentiate it from, from doing quote-unquote therapy, and then uh, that expanded across many different disciplines, and uh, there's many different types of people who were executive coaches, not necessarily those who have a, a therapy or mental health background at all. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I would think, too, that the executives that got the counseling, probably their people were so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Actually, that's very true. In fact, um, what years ago, uh, what tended to happen is the the managers who were identified as really having the most need for um, the executive coaching were typically those, I shouldn't say typically, but maybe back then that was more true, were the turnaround or terminate. 
managers where they were having trouble with people in their relationships and particularly in their soft skills. And so that uh, the CEO was hearing complaints from uh, others about this. But I'm just thinking of, you know, two or three different examples of this. Individuals who were very strategically important to the organization because of their knowledge base, because of their technical skills, but the people skills were such that they were getting in trouble. And quite uh, quite frequently, the trouble centered around anger, which is what you, both of the two of you were starting to talk about when we, mm-hmm. when we, when we began the conversation. So the aggressive nature that is promoted and reinforced within business circles for the strong dominant personality um, sometimes is too much, even in the business situation. And within the change over the last 20 years, culturally within businesses where leaders can't get away with that as much anymore. And I say as much because they still, they still do. And it's still a problem. And, uh, but, um, there's, there's more pushback. But that's yeah. the way a lot of the original referrals came to me, CEOs who, and then I would work with one, uh, individual and, and it would be a very successful. Instead of having to terminate them, they'd, they'd see this, the behavior change in that person and then they'd begin referring other people. Then more commonly for, oftentimes the referrals to me come for developmental, uh, for, um, for, uh, strategically important, uh, individuals in the organization that are ID'd as having talent and, and, you know, want to promote them. Are they ready to be promoted? And let's, uh, or, or usually quite often I get these kinds of referrals where, okay, at the end of the year, the, the general manager is retiring and we want to see if this person can be developed enough to take over that position. Yeah, and that's such a different approach, right? That's a completely different path to take with coaching. And, you know, it just goes to show you that uh, it's not idealistic and everyone can make a difference, you know. Um, anyway, this is really cool. And we love what we're hearing, um, but we have to take our first break. So please, everyone, stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie Ebert and our very special guest, Dr. Tim McCarthy. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Our guest today is Dr. Timothy McCarthy. He is a psychologist, executive coach, speaker, and the author of Relationship Co-Coaching, A New Approach to Deeper Love and Less Conflict. And you can learn more about Dr. Tim at his website, which is just drtimmccarthy.com. So let's talk a little bit about the book. Um, 
so you're working with executives. You're also coaching into, you're also um, counseling individuals and doing marriage counseling. How did the book come about? Very good question. So actually about uh, six years ago, and this is after, uh, so in 2010, I came to a, a, a point where I decided there has to be a better way to work with couples. So up until that point, the first 28 years in my practice, I was just seeing couples change so slowly, in, mm. uh, and they get caught in these patterns of repeating conflict and, and resistance and defensiveness with one another. And I would see them very slow going to make changes. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm doing this executive coaching, and I'm doing some, some rather unusual things, even the way that I'm doing the executive coaching by involving more people in giving feedback to that person who's going through the individual executive coaching program and had developed the relationship or had developed the leadership team co-coaching concept where everybody in the team gives each other feedback. And so... It suddenly just came to me, frankly, it was, it was a, a point of frustration in, in saying there's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down and I began to apply some of the same principles that I had been using with executive coaching in providing greater accountability, which is let's set an intentional goal that have a really great uh, relationship. Let's identify what are the negative relationship patterns are and let's, uh, let's commit to changing those things. Next, let's find out what you need to feel loved and more deeply loved and happy in the relationship. Let's identify them and do those things for one another out of unselfish love rather than self-centered love. And number three, let's really work on controlling the anger and the aggressive tones with one another that tend to promote more conflict. So I started using this process back in 2010, about six years ago, and I've been using it with couples since then, and I've been seeing them change in ways just just so much more uh, quickly and dramatically than I had ever seen in the first 28 years. So it's been it's been really very gratifying and really exciting. Yeah, you don't even uh, know the full extent of that because um, their lives improved, the people's lives around them improved, right? Their workplace environment improved. Undoubtedly, yeah, the kids, everybody, yeah. Anyone that came in contact with them, there was some improvement as well, I'm sure. And so when you were, you started working with the couples, so what, what was the, the piece that was like the, the biggest piece, the biggest shift for couples, like when they started being accountable to each other, or when they started being nice to each other. I know it's like a combination of all of that, but I would think that there was one that was kind of like the standout piece of that. Yeah. Well, what I found was there's two change factors that are the critical things that really help couples make major changes. And uh, you, you, you alluded to it when you were talking about the accountability factor. But the first thing is having couples change their mental beliefs about marriage and romantic love, which right now in our society, it's a very self-centered approach to love. You do for me, it's me, 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 and uh, boy, gee, don't ask me to change. In fact, this is the, this, this underlying belief system in our culture that one shouldn't have to change in relationships. I, I, I call it the doctrine of non-change, that we don't have to change. In fact, 
You hear people say, now, don't get in a relationship and ask your partner to change. Just accept them the way they are or just love me unconditionally and don't ask me to change. But actually, those two, those are two of the most harmful, destructive beliefs because now people enter the relationship and they think they don't have to change and they resent it and they resist it when their partner, after going through the, the love's initial love infatuation stage, start to encounter some of these negative aspects of one another and they need to bring it to the attention of their partner and talk about it openly. Now the partner reacts with, no, no, you know, society says that I, you know, you hear that we shouldn't have to change which is crazy. So you have to first start with changing the belief system to, yes, we do need to change. We want to change. And in fact, well, let's recognize there is no training for how to be successful in marriage that's of any significance in our society. And think about how crazy that is. The only thing you can get away with in our society without having any education or training is getting married and having children. Mm-hmm. Now that is ridiculous and there's a there's a 50 percent divorce rate and no one's doing anything about it which further reinforces the fact in my opinion we live in a primitive society it's actually socially underdeveloped underdeveloped socially because relative to the social relationship skills that need to be uh, learned and and expressed in an emotionally intimate relationship living with somebody it's not taught and particularly how to resolve conflict isn't taught. So you put all those things together, and if, if you first start with, okay, let's recognize we don't have the skills. Let's get to work. Let's work on changing. But the two, the two factors that I found responsible for really making this change are, number one, committing to the idea that to have a really great relationship, we want to understand what the, love, the unique love needs of our partner are, which are going to be different from ours, get, and get down to what that would mean specifically, and then do those things for them out of unselfish love rather than all this resistance and individualism. Yeah, let's, let's do these things for your partner. And the second thing is learning how to resolve anger and to speak to one another in respectful ways. So I should stop there. That that was a long answer for the two things. Well, I know I like no, listening I thought it was great. To it. It's right? just um, it's very simple but very difficult. Right? Yeah. We need we need a coach. We need someone like you to keep us on track. Well, right? because what happens is is now you're living with someone and they see everything. Right. They see every little part of you and some of those parts you may not have wanted (laughs) exposed. And here is someone that is not only seeing it, but it's is calling you out on it. And you think, no, I don't want to I don't want to deal with this right now. And you're absolutely right. I mean, this is the place where you need to put your all your skills to work to not only resolve the conflict, because I know what some people are thinking, and I, well, I think I know what some people are thinking, is that, well, if I do that, I'm just, I'm, I'm swallowing who I am, right? I'm not letting out my true feelings. And that's not what you're saying at all. You're saying, you know, you need to let out your true feelings, but in a respectful way, not just blurting them out and just saying whatever you feel like saying, because this is the person you committed to love forever. Exactly, exactly. And, and I have heard that initially from someone when they first, when they first begin to, be, uh, when they're first asked to change the way that they express themselves and not to use the angry tone, not to use the accusatory blaming expressions, 
that those are all things that really trigger more conflict. In fact, what came to me, the second piece of, of this, the second factor, which is learning how to, to respectfully resolve conflict, what came to me was, as I looked at all the conflict that I had seen in couples in the first 28 years and in my own marriage, what came to me suddenly was there's only two causes for all conflict. Number one is an aggressive voice, tone, or words, and number two is generalizations, because those mm-hmm. two things trigger one to get defensive immediately. In fact, it's, it, it's a, there's a primitive fight-or-flight response that happens when someone, even they don't have to yell at you, but even using an accusatory blaming tone and throw in a generalization like that, well, there you go again, you never really help me out around the house, or, you know, all that takes is boom, and that causes a trigger reaction, because when we love somebody, we're sensitive human beings, and there's a trigger that happens. So learning how to express yourself and regulate the anger is, is really at the heart of this. In fact, so those, those two causes for all conflict, I developed a process that I call the softly specific, because instead of being aggressive in voice tone, you become soft, and instead of making generalizations, you become specific. And then mm-hmm. by doing that and also learning the skill of how to accept feedback and accept ownership for something which is practically non-existent in our society because we're so defensive, everyone, learning to take ownership for those small slights and hurts and say, okay, yeah, let's rather than being defensive, let's understand. We're going to hurt the feelings of our partner. We're going to drop the ball on something. We live with them every day, so let's learn how to do this respectfully. And you know what? Uh, there's one little difference here, and and that is, you say what you say as a licensed PhD. I mean, you bring the goods with you. It's not just an opinion like I would have, <laughs> right? And that's what makes it way more valuable to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I, I, I'm sorry. Go I, ahead. I do, I do have some. Uh, I do have some. Uh, you know, because men tend to be have this problem with being too uh, more aggressive in the way that they speak, and and even in many business circles, it reinforces it. Um, so mm-hmm. it's often it's more often the women, but it's not always. It, it's but it, when I say this about the difference between men and women, it's generally a gender programmed in cultural programming mm-hmm. that men tend to, to to perhaps have more trouble with that. But women feel disrespected, and and if it's reversed, the man can feel disrespected by the woman, and uh, it's it's all in the voice tone and in the way that one speaks to one another, that is what causes the friction and and the conflict. But I have had some men who would challenge that and say, well, you know, for whatever reason, you know, this is the way that I am at work, or you know, and I say, well, yeah, but you know, hey, your employees. They don't like it when you yell at them. <laughs> one of the yeah, first I mean, things that I, one of the first pieces of feedback that I see in 360 degree feedback in my executive coaching work is their coworkers complain about, yeah, he's too impatient or too angry, and we don't like it. We feel disrespected. I, so, I yeah. would um, challenge this if I was a little younger, but um, and if I was maybe a little more physically away from Eva right now, <laughs> <laughs> but. Since neither of the cases, and we're talking right into the mic together, I will say <laughs> that um, you know I get it, and you're exactly right, um, and it is what is needed 
And um, I've learned the hard way that men and women are different, um, but at least I'm learning it, which is a good thing. And it's uh, and you can help, right? This book, I think, is a lap keeper, right? Because it it helps. It's sort of like having a coach at all times. Right, right. Because, you know, there are so many expectations, especially like when we were young, when I was, my friends didn't get married until we were in our 30s, right? And I got married even later. But a lot of my friends didn't get married until our 30s. And the one thing I noticed was in terms of expectations, the women had this expectation that when they got married, everything was going to be great. Whereas the guys were looking at it as more as like, oh, you know, they got to wait until the last minute because it's going to be like the old ball and chain, you know. And once they got married, it was the women that were disillusioned and the guys were like, oh, this is better than I ever anticipated, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to have to take our second break. When we come back, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Dr. Timothy McCarthy. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, guys, we are talking and learning a lot about relationships with our special guest, Dr. Tim McCarthy. And you can learn more about Dr. Tim at his website, drtimmccarthy.com. And um, Dr. Tim is also the author of this really cool book. Um, about relationship co-coaching, a new approach to deeper love and less conflict, which is always a good thing. So um, I know before the break we were talking about, you know, flip-flopping of assumptions and so on, but I, I have a question that I wanted to ask, and before I forget, Dr. Tim, tell us the the concept of this co-coaching. What does that mean to us? Well, what that means is co-coaching. It it means that, first of all, it rests upon an understanding that we have to communicate with one another and we need to give each other feedback. That if you commit to the idea of meeting your love needs and changing your negative relationship patterns, which we all really need to uh, hold ourselves accountable for it. We're going to get, need to give each other feedback and both positive as well as when we fall off track. Thus, we need to learn to co-coach, which is to give each other that feedback in a respectful way for things that we see that we like, that you're changing, that are, that are positive, but also be able to essentially give that constructive feedback to our partner when they're doing some things that are negative in their behavior, either falling back into typical negative relationship patterns or uh, if they're doing something that hurts your feelings. In fact, uh, this is where, in particular, learning that technique of the softly specific 
to bring up those day-to-day things that bother one and upset one rather than uh, running into the other room and being upset and angry at your partner and, and yelling out a generalization after you've pent up a feeling for so long and it comes out in an angry way. Instead, you come in and say, hey, um, I feel really hurt that I cooked this big dinner and you walked uh, right out afterwards and didn't, uh, didn't offer to help me clean it up. No, I get it, and I, I love um, the clarity around co-coaching because, you know, it promotes the shared leadership approach in a relationship, right? We're coaching each other. I was maybe thinking incorrectly that co-coaching meant you and the couple working together, but um, <clears throat> what no, I'm learning no, is... That, this is about them, yeah. Right, Although which is I even better. I become a co-coach with them in the process. I become a coach therapist. But, but yeah, this is about the couple approaching their relationship from a clearly from a more uh, uh, growth-oriented standpoint. I, I tell couples the, the one piece of information, the one piece of uh, suggestion that I have and recommendation, and this is for any listeners, is to view your marriage as you would anything else in your life. If you want to have a great, extraordinary marriage, then see it as something that you want to learn what the best practices are and do those things. The problem is we're not taught any of those best practices in our society. It's completely bereft of teaching us anything, and everything that I'm telling you actually has a scientific basis in the research, but it, none of it's communicated. The research shows that couples who are more uh, unselfish in their love have a more happy, successful marriage. Also, the research there's a lot of research showing that aggressive ways of speaking to one another are correlated with higher problems in marriage and a greater predictab- predictability of divorce. In fact, there's a com- there's a recent study in the, a year and a half ago that that Look, they had trained raiders who viewed videotapes of couples going through marriage therapy, and they rated the level of verbal aggressiveness in accusatory tone, blameful tones, angry words, and they rated it, and they found that uh, that raiders could predict with about a 75% accuracy whether or not couples would experience a full recovery, a positive recovery in their marriage therapy. Then they they programmed a computer to do it without any human intervention, and the computer was even slightly better at seventy eight percent accuracy. So if the world, if we, if we're not even communicating to people, people walking down the aisle and getting married, that look, when you talk to one another and using angry and verbally aggressive ways, it's just going to cause more def- more defensiveness, and you need to learn a more respectful way, but we don't. It's like a big setup, the whole thing. Couples walk into the marriage and think they can have a great marriage without knowing any of the best practices. Yeah, and it's really cool that you made the comparison between the similar attributes and what what happens in the workplace and in the home because it's the same thing. I mean, we we have the same issues at work, right? And and that all also adds to some of the conflict at home because we go home and then we can vent, right, which is bad. Well, and years ago it used to be that you were one way at work and one way at home, and it's just baloney, right? You know, people say, well, I'm very aggressive at work, but I'm not that way at home. And, and really the way you treat people, I think, is the way you treat people. Right, one way. One way, but, yeah. Um, and Dr. Tim, so 
you mentioned earlier that, you know, what I got was before we even try to start addressing some of the concerns we may have in a relationship, we first and foremost have to understand that we have to commit to making some change somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't have to even be uh, through, you know, marriage therapy. There's another piece of research out uh, within the past uh, one to two years that found that couples who went in and just for a like a performance review of their marriage for one session to two to two hours of of sitting with a marriage therapy and just therapist and talking about what they wanted to accomplish in their relationship and reviewing it uh and that's all the intervention that was done within uh two years afterwards those couples had a higher level of marriage satisfaction and less depression so this is about acknowledging that yeah let's let's pay attention to really our our relationship and um, in fact, there's a, on my website, I have a free uh, extraordinary relationship self-evaluation just for anybody that wants to go in there. And this is why, why I just encourage any listener who wants to to learn about what some of the best practices in their marriage are and take a look at their own marriage and self-assess it. There's um, there's uh, this relationship self-evaluation that they can test take with their partner and just get her into a discussion. It's it's. It's not a scientific test. It's a test of dialogue to open up on uh, and look at uh, 12 to 14 different uh, sets of, of best practices that are common things that if you pay attention to those things in your relationship, have, have a discussion, set some goals, and uh, make, just make your relationship something that you're always trying to, to focus on some area of improvement. That's really cool, right? And that's a nice give back. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, so just a question might be a little off topic, but when you, you also speak at organizations and, and events as well, do you attempt in the corporate workplace to somehow thread the needle and bridge the gap between the work and the home or do you just keep on topic? You know what I mean? Well, I, I generally uh, will do some reference to that, but uh, when a company hires me to do leadership uh, training, I, I will talk about this issue, and you know, usually we'll have a little bit of discussion about it. We won't go into detail about it. Um, however, uh, it's interesting that you bring this up because I am moving towards uh, offering a a speaking uh, 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 and and workshop presentation for companies that has to do with this this overlap. In fact, I refer to it as the triple success factors, the, that there are common relationship, key relationship skills that, are, that help you become successful in leadership, in marriage, and even in parenting. And there's three of these in particular. One of them centers around the exact thing that we're talking about here, which is learning how to handle conflict and being respectful in the way that you speak to other people and in the way that you listen to them, but handling conflict in a non-aggressive way. So that's, that's, and, and learning to do that, that helps you in leadership. It helps you in your marriage. It helps you even in parenting. And the second thing is learning how to really listen. One of the one of the problems in 
and one of the most frequent pieces of feedback from coworkers to managers going through my executive coaching program is you don't really listen. You listen, but you don't necessarily act on any of my ideas. And so a lot of the leadership coaching that I'm, that I do with, with executive centers around really listening, what I call is higher level listening for merit. And that is finding the merit, the validity to the ideas of your coworkers. Don't just listen to it and then say, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. We don't have enough money for that. But it's really listening and using those ideas and cultivating them and bridging one idea from one person to another and then to your own. Yeah, it's almost like we have to slow down, slow down the game, right? Because everybody's moving too fast when their thoughts and their speaking. Um, we need to somehow do that and do that in your marriage too. It's the same thing in marriage and in parenting, even with kids. We tend to treat kids as though they're some, you know, like, I don't know, some small person as opposed to, no, they're, they're, we need to really listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when you have when you have a couple and so they've got they're obviously coming in you know and usually when they're coming in they're not coming in because everything's going okay right they're going in because there's issues and how do you get both parties to calm down to even start this dialogue about how to how to start moving in a different direction well, what I do first is I listen to them and I ask for each of their perspectives. Mm. And I'm very clear in that, okay, each one of you has a perspective on this. Let's, let's bring it out. And, and quite often what I'll do is, uh, you know, I'll validate the perspective of that partner. But then, um, and, and quite often what will happen is I'll see where each one of them it has hurt the feelings of their partner. I'll bring that out. We'll talk about it openly. I'll say, okay, well, this is, this is the way each one of you have hurt one another. And or here is how, and it's not always the case. Sometimes it's one partner that's more so that's hurt the, the feelings of their partner or dropped the ball in major ways, and they need to hear that. And, um, you know, quite often. <laughs> Quite frankly, it's more often the man who's been dropping the ball and not meeting the, the needs of the woman because of this difference in terms of the, the social conditioning. But then mm-hmm. I move them towards this logical, you know, towards this logical belief, hey, you know, we don't have the education or training. We need to commit to the idea of consciously changing these negative relationship patterns as the top 20 that I found with couples, and I have their first piece of homework for that couple when they leave the session is to go back and self-assess those negative relationship patterns and then commit to changing them. And then I talk with them about the commitment to the idea, do you want to have a great, uh, extraordinary marriage and what that would mean. And I ask for their commitment in the first session to consciously um, uh, committing themselves to, to finding out what the love needs of their partner are and acting out of unselfish love to meet those needs and uh, so I, I asked for the commitment right away in the first session. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So we're going to go ahead and take our final break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva, and our guest today is Dr. Timothy McCarthy. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. 
Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Our guest today is Dr. Tim McCarthy. He's a psychologist, executive coach, and speaker. And you can learn more about Dr. Tim at his website, drtimmccarthy.com. And you can also take the free relationship self-evaluation there, which I think is great with you and your partner. And, you know, I was kind of talking about a couple breaks ago, right before, um, like, the second break, is about my friends, right? And the women had expectations and that were very high, and the men sort of had low expectations. And then once they got married, um, the women were somewhat disillusioned, and the guys were like, oh, yeah, I think it's great. It was really funny when I would ask <laughs> when I would ask friends at work that had gotten married, the difference between the men and the women. And how do we... How do we help people kind of level set that? Because it seems like that's still around, you know, that it's it's the women that are talking the men into getting married. There's sort of this misconception about that. And there's the expectations are so different. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the well, I think the biggest problem is really speaking, we need to sort of help the, help the women who get married and they're not as happy. Because it really, it, what I see is this really comes from this social conditioning of, of men not being really sensitive to the three, so there's the three big complaints that, that I hear from women about men. Mm-hmm. Number one is that he doesn't really know how to listen to me and be empathetic with me. He tries to fix the problem and he's not really just listening and letting me vent. And um, so that's a that's a that's a very common complaint that I hear from women, and they want to be heard, they, and they feel like their their husband isn't really listening, and also they simultaneously say he doesn't share enough. So it's this this ability to to have a conversational closeness and emotional intimacy that women are oftentimes not getting, and so that's that's the number one, number two complaint is that they're too aggressive, they're too angry uh, and impatient. And this bringing this dominant, aggressive style home and being impatient with them and also what really bugs the women and really starts to turn them off is when they treat the children the same way and they become, mm-hmm. they feel protective. And, um, and then the third area of complaint is not giving me enough appreciation. So I think it really has to do a lot with men learning how to really respond to these needs of women, and particularly in learning how to um, to listen and really do it without trying to fix the problem. So I, I have a, what I call is a five-minute empathy training for men who want to become a 21st century husband, and it has to do with learning how the, the, each of the steps to really listen, pay attention, and and not try to fix the problem, but be engaged with the, with with your partner. Yeah, I think those are all really great points. Um, and especially as you've got, you know, 
two careers going on, two people trying to, you know, do their own thing and also have a relationship. I think it gets really complicated. Do you think that younger people now as they're getting married, you know, people in their 20s and their 30s now, are they having an easier time or do they just have the same type of issues or they or they have different issues but they're still having issues? I think it's tougher for them. I do. Mm. I I really um I I believe that it's tougher for them this because the level of stress is so high now and it comes from frankly, what I think are unrealistic expectations of everyone overextending themselves, even down to the the activities that, that children are involved with, so that four-year-old children are, are involved in gymnastics and, you know, baseball and and you and so and so what happens is you get a working couple where both people are working and the woman is working mm-hmm. and now where do you have the time so it's rush 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 pick up the kids get home at 6 p.m. try to try to get the dinner on or bring the dinner home get the you know the kids want the attention with you for that two and a half hours between 6 and 8:30 before they go to bed they've been in daycare for an hour or two hours even and then they want your attention. It's a tough balancing act. So I really encourage couples, one of the ways to battle this is, number one, is recognize the overextension. It's rampant in our society. It's unrealistic expectations you have of yourself. And do everything you can to to reduce the stress. Two big ways. Number one, outsource everything. If both people are working, budget it in so you don't have to do the cooking. Pick up your food at, at a restaurant that has the food already, you know, ready to go. Um, and, you know, try to eat better food. But, you know, hey, but, uh, you know, have the cleaning picks, picked up on your, on your doorstep. Uh, uh, you know, have the groceries delivered. Uh, have the, the gardening done by somebody else. The lawnmower. This is, the this is sort of uh, where you say the co-coaching has to kick in, right? And they have yeah. to work together and brainstorm together and come up with exactly what you're saying. You know, and it's funny because in Martha Beck's speak, Martha Beck is who I got my coach training through. She has bag it, better it, or barter it. So bag it yeah. is just get rid of it. Better yeah. it is outsource it, or barter yeah. it is barter between the two of you. <laughs> yeah. No, really good yeah. um, advice. Um, you know, uh, I was just thinking – I mean, I, we can talk about this forever because this is really cool. It is um, great. Yeah. I was just thinking about the gap, you know, like in the workplace, we do things like what's working, what's not working and what can we do to improve? Um, how do we, or maybe we don't rate the gap that exists in a relationship? You know, like this is more than one or two sessions, guys. We need, to really, it's like going to the health club for the first time. We're gonna, this is gonna take some time. I mean, you have to ever explain that point to couples. That is a very, uh, very, uh, important, uh, issue that you're bringing up. I, in fact, what I've learned to do is, uh, interestingly enough, past research has shown that there's a high dropout rate in marriage therapy of 40 to 60 percent. There hasn't been much research done over the last uh, 10 years on this, 
but uh, you know part of it is due in my opinion to the therapy not being necessarily active enough for clients and them seeing the change but the other part is expectations you couples come in and and they're already defensive with one another and they're angry and it's really easy for them to to feel hopeless after you know one or two sessions so i say to couples here's what you need to understand you know what the number one success factor behind marriage therapy is it's showing up the oh, research yeah. shows that that there's a seven of evidence-based therapies that have been researched. There's a 70% success rate, but that's you're going through. That's couples who've committed to 12 to 26 sessions. So I'd lay it out for them. I say, you know, expect that 12 to 26. My average length of time is about probably 14 sessions. For those who don't have major complicating factors, if there are more complicating factors, it's probably going to take more sessions. Few couples have have gone through with with less than that, but I wouldn't count on it. Be ready to to commit yourself to it. Yeah, and be ready to come in for a tune up. Yep. Too. Um, yeah. It's sort of like you know I'm, I have I'm weighing the the I'm weighing this conversation right, and I'm saying it's uh, so much value in the workplace, and it's so much value in the home. I mean, it's incredible, right? Right. It's just it's, it's so connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the biggest relationship is, is in your home. In your right? home. Yeah. Because you guys are together all the time. And if you can break through those cycles and break through those patterns that you see, then you can actually you, start making some. We uh, want it to be. Okay. Where's Joe? Oh, well, Joe's sleeping in this morning because he just is just got the greatest. <laughs> relationship yeah i'm sure i can just imagine that if we had ever heard that at work <laughs> that. but you know the, the the research there is there is uh the research is now showing that marriage problems and relationship problems uh do impact productivity and there's really there's cost numbers associated with this in terms of lost uh, time from work and the, the effects of divorce on families and productivity and there's estimates of large numbers of of you know money that's just lost because companies don't address this and don't help their their employees address this and so that's why I'm I'm moving towards offering a, a a workshop that's for for uh, starting at the leadership level for how how to have because it's particularly stressful for leaders and executives but the how to have how to experience triple success in leadership and in your marriage and in parenting because all of those things it's even tougher you know for executives because you know you're being called sometimes at 10 o'clock at night by your boss and you know they want something done the next morning you know yep so right yep. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. And, and this was a great show. I'm so sorry we're out of time, but thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. This has been absolutely terrific. Yeah, great really work, Dr. Tim. It. We're very grateful to have met you and shared this with you. Well, thank you so much for letting me be on the show. Have a great night. Take care. You too. And again, everyone, that's drtimmccarthy.com and you can take the, um, free Relationship self-evaluation, you and your partner. I think great it's great. Back. And the book is, I don't have it in front of me. Um, relationship co-coaching, a new approach to deeper love, less conflict, and you can find it on Amazon. And co-coaching is you and your partner. That's absolutely right. So thanks again, everyone. Have a great week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Bye.